Welcome to the Darling Girls Podcast, hosted by Jenny Lundstrom and Grace Vidorchak, two mid-20 single gals with a long-distance friendship and passion for personal growth. Listen along as we chat about life, wellness, and everything in between, because we're all just on a journey to be our best selves. Stay darling. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Grace. Hi, darlings. Hi, darlings. Welcome back. We have a great episode for you today. Yeah, it's our fourth and final resolution in our resolution series. Um, And I think we're going to jump right into it because it's really great if you want to be more intentional with social media in the new year. And I think everyone could use a little bit of that. So um, we get to talk to Kaylee Graham and she is a creative professional um, living in Charleston. And I met her through work. She's super awesome and sweet and so insightful. So insightful. She said a lot of good good tips and tricks for whether you are just on social media for yourself for fun, or if you have a business that you post for. So I feel like everyone could definitely learn something from this. And I, and I think like we learned how to be more intentional. So yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. So, um, I'm really excited for you guys to hear it and yay. Enjoy. Enjoy. Welcome Kaylee to darling girls. Hi, thanks so much for having me. We're so excited to have you. How was your day today? It was good. Just getting back in after the long weekend. So my to-do list for today was running long, but I know we had, I had a long weekend too. I don't think Grace did, but I did. And it was really hard to go back to. How'd you get a long weekend? It was Martin Luther King day yesterday. Oh, wouldn't even have known. (laughs) That's so funny. My work doesn't, my work doesn't have real holidays. So like, we don't even know what's going on. And we didn't talk, we didn't talk yesterday, but I totally took no. a five hour nap and I knew you were working. That's so mean. I know. That's why I didn't message you. I literally had no idea. That is so funny. I just went into work like a normal day. Nobody even talked about it. So like, <laughs> whatever. You guys are lucky. Um, golf shops don't tend to get off the way that other places like oh it's Christmas day oh I didn't know yeah but Kaylee's working from home now which I'm really jealous about because I'm actually so I'm actually in the office still um I just started exciting and I think after a few months I'll be able to work from home I'm remote this week but um yeah definitely kind of cool to have a hybrid model I feel like work is transforming and people are adapting to new types of work, even if it's not a necessary thing, it's just for the benefit of employees, which is super cool. So definitely been enjoying it. It really is. And you can, we'll jump right into what you kind of tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of how you got there, because we have so many questions about hybrid work models and all of that. So we'll get into that once you kind of explain. So I will, I guess this really starts back a few years. Um, So I, and what I consider a creative professional. And I have just gotten used to like saying that and being confident in that because I feel like, you know, putting that label is a scary thing, but also pretty fun. Um, but I started in social media when I was still a teenager. So back when I was 17, won this pageant, Miss Teen USA, whatever. And then that whatever. Was- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> There's no good way to bring it up, but it's like a relevant part of the story. Wait, wait, wait. 
Okay. Yeah. Everyone needs to just like soak that in. She was 2014, right? Yes. So like 14 Miss Teen USA in the building. Pageant Um, queen. We have a, not only do we have a creative professional, we have a pageant queen. I love that. (laughs) Honestly, to this day, like I was so awkward as a teenager. And I, I truly think that's why I did well at these sorts of things. Um, It's because I fit a conventional mold, but at the same time have enough like awkward clumsiness weirdness where it was just endearing enough to like subvert the stereotype um but that really that experience like catapulted me into the digital world um back in 2014 Instagram had just launched social media was still pretty new Vine was around YouTube was a big thing um and they didn't have a formalized social media policy for what they let their title holders do and so I moved to New York I got handed over account with like 30,000 followers, was told to run it and post every day. And that was my only direction for social. Um, now it's like a real brand with real strategists and, you know, a whole plan involved. But at the time it was very boots on the ground, very stripped back. Um, I was just kind of documenting my life and really loved telling stories through social. And I loved being able to connect with people Um, I loved working with the marketing department because we had a whole list of sponsors and coming up with creative campaigns was always fun and figuring out how to work a lot of this brand messaging into my own life. Um, It was really interesting and it was a a pretty big responsibility. It felt like at a young age. And and from there, I decided to go back to college. What up? Um, (laughs) And did not go the entertainment route like I thought I had started and, and wanted to do. Um, but while I was at USC, I was studying business, um, didn't love it. So I switched my major. So I was going to go to law school. Also did not do that Told my parents. I know I said I was going to study creative writing because it wouldn't matter what my major was. I'm just going to go to law school anyways, told them I wanted to be a writer. Um, they were very supportive, uh, (laughs) which was surprising, but also really great. And throughout the whole time I was in college, I was always working. I was always like doing internships and kind of side hustles. And I really found a way to take that one singular experience of being Miss Teen USA and found an audience with um, SEC college age women um, for brands to use my platform to to reach them. And so I kind of crafted out this influencer platform um, back in the day when, you know, it wasn't as popular. So it was pretty terrifying and just you know you were constantly putting yourself out there and it it felt like what year so what year was that happening when you were in college that was like 2015 to 2017 2018 Um, Um, it was like peak when Instagram was like blowing up it was so I was working with like Daniel Wellington and Bumbles like initial pilot program and Belk um Dior Clarence, like all these different skincare brands, a lot of like beauty and fashion brands like fit into, you know, teenage beauty queen turned SEC college girl. Um, you know, obviously there's like a bunch of sororities at USC. There's a bunch of demographics that are really interested in fashion and beauty. Um, and it's really tied into your individuality or your, um, individual identity as a, a college student too. And so they kind of brought all those things together. I was kind of the the peak triangulation of all those different things. Um, and so I found a little niche for myself there. 
also started then freelancing for brands and small businesses in Columbia, South Carolina, because I noticed that a lot of people didn't really leverage social to its true potential. And I had these experiences and couldn't quite find the opportunities that I wanted in my college town. And so I just kind of made them um, and worked for health and wellness brands and like fitness studios and um, boutiques in the area and like orchestrated shoots for them and, and ran some of their social. I worked for, um, you know, kind of a family friend, which ended up being um, a, a business mentor as well, um, a, an insurance broker and did some health insurance content to kind of round out the, the types of things that I was uh, working on. And from there, let's see, where are we at? We're like, I graduated in 2019. Um, and then I moved back to New York and took a job completely unrelated to social media. Um, but at one of my internships in college, I worked for uh, an academic publisher thinking I wanted to go into book publishing and marketing. Took a job with Columbia in New York, um, working for one of their post-grad education courses, which was like training people to work in publishing. So it was kind of adjacent to what I wanted to do, but not quite what I wanted to do. But it was a really, really good experience where I met really awesome people um, throughout the publishing industry and kind of found a way to work in my social experience and ran some of their social while I was working that course more of an administrative role. Um, that job took me to Oxford. So I went and worked their Oxford component as well for a couple months. And then once that experience was done as a total of about eight months working for them, um, had to decide if I wanted to move to Charleston where a guy I was dating at the time was living, or if I wanted to move back to New York and did find a job in Charleston that ultimately settled me here, um, at a local advertising agency I didn't quite have a social media department built out yet. And so I saw just like a really good opportunity to, you know, flex my experience, then also grow in a lot of different um, fields as well. So I ended up taking that job, was the best thing, absolutely learned a ton, worked there for two years, and then just started working in content for a financial in institution um, and some of their affiliates. So kind of been all over the board, but it's all like, come together sorry that was super long um I feel like, like we need like a round of applause because yeah was, like, that was an amazing thing. that was a great explanation like hey. you've done it all you've done I mean literally everything you can think of when it comes to social media I dip my toe in a lot of different things and have finally found a place to to dive in so yeah I, I feel like there's no linear path to working on social and I don't mm -hmm. think a lot of people realize it's such a dip out it really doesn't take a formal education if you can understand core marketing principles and you can um, be a good problem solver and you're creative and you work on honing your eye and you work on listening and um, interpreting data you can bring all those things together without a formal education I mean like I said I did study business I have a minor um, from a, the college of business at USC but I studied creative writing you know and I did photography on the side and and still picking up graphic design and, you know, kind of doing all these things for fun and, and found a career that, that made it work. So for, for me and Grace, we've been kind of like, ex kind of exploring a little bit of running a social media um, account for Darling Girls, which is like exhausting. Just in, in I'm itself. trying. It's Grace stressful. Trying. I don't because I kind of have to do it for work a little bit. So it's like the last thing I want to do. We, I help you a little bit, but Grace has been doing a really oh, good job. But I, when I, once I said, I was like, yeah, like it'd be like 
running the darling girls instagram but like with like a ton more well that's what you were doing before was so many clients so many instagrams it was a lot um which i don't i don't know if that's a sustainable pace um yeah also by the way definitely have noticed how great all's account is and definitely pointed it out at my old job like look at how cute their stuff is (laughs) okay cool we're doing an okay job i love that good that if you're curating um yeah Um, anyways it's hard so we we i mean that plus all the other stuff you're doing like it's a lot um but i definitely think like yes you should completely consider yourself a creative professional at this point because (laughs) you're a rock star um so we're kind of like this is like the last and like final episode in like a resolution series we're doing and so me and grace thought it was a great i mean i think most people would probably jointly agree that they want to be held like have a healthier relationship with social media and even if that's something that they like think out loud or say out loud or whatever you know most people probably do need a better and healthier relationship with social media especially like our age um so we're very curious as to how a that you handle and how you've gotten to have a healthy relationship with social media but also b well i guess start with that because like it's just, it's hard. It's a question for us in girls. itself. Like, yeah. do you think that you have a healthy relationship with yeah. social media? I think I do now, but I okay. have been through so many ups and downs with it from, you know, I think I was talking to my boyfriend about this. It's like, we're the last generation of people that remember what it was like to grow up without the performance of posting it. Yeah. Um, That's so true. I have sisters that are two and three years younger than me. Uh, and it's a completely different young adult experience, I think. And so I remember having it at 17 and being so wrapped up in it and that feeling, you know, carrying that through college where back when I was still doing the influencer thing, it was very much so like everything had to be out there. You had to give people a reason to follow you and to be relevant. And at the time for me, that was very much so like relationships and workouts and body image and you know all of these very personal things that should I have been putting all of that out there constantly probably not um and so I learned from that just you know balancing how much I was posting and and the content of that um and when I kind of reined in and, and didn't feel the need to, to to outwardly process so many of those formative experiences while I think they could be helpful to some people probably were giving too much of myself away um, did learn to have a better balance with at least the production and, and the, the posting and the projection of myself. But there's, you know, that double sided coin of social isn't just about like what you're putting out there. It's what you're consuming as well. And I was also talking about this last week. Um, my screen time has been up anywhere from like seven to 10 hours a day, like on average for a very long time. Um, finally, I, I actually took my own little social media break this month and I'm down to three hours a day, which is nice. That's good <laughs> out of that. Um, but I, I think that it can just be such an easy, mindless thing as well that you don't even realize not just like how much time you're letting slip by, but the kind of, um, how that's just affecting you subconsciously and yes, yes. your focus on things and your, you know, need to be entertained and your discomfort with being bored, um, which if you're working in a creative profession, that's such a terrible thing uh, to constantly 
to not keep anything inside and not have like a rich inner life and constantly letting that drain out of you to just consume and, and entertain your brain and not letting it um, kind of settle into this place where you can make sense of, you know, the things around you. I think that's really like, it, it's really unhealthy. And so I took a little bit of a break and I genuinely think that's part of the key to having a healthy relationship with social is just being able to step back every so often, being able to dissociate and see it as a tool and not as a lifeline. Um, and then also being okay with honing in your message enough where you have a really clear purpose with how you're using social, not necessarily to just amplify every experience that you're having on a day-to-day basis, because you know, those, those moments you can cherish and they don't have to be broadcast to the world. I, I feel like what you post has to have some meaning behind it, um, whether it's for you and, and, you know, kind of curating a life that you're really proud of, or if it's trying to reach a specific audience person, um, it's kind of different based on, you know, if you're using it for personal, if you're using it for business, obviously, but that's kind of, you know, some of the keys that I've gleaned over the years. Um, still not an expert at it because I still can very much so get caught in my phone for really long periods of time, but I feel like I'm doing better. No, it's, it's so true because it's like, do you want to be living your life, making these moments for posting it? Like, are you doing it just because you're, you want to post it? Or are you doing it because you're actually taking it all in and enjoying it? And I feel like our age group, 24, 25, 26, still had, like you said, like a normal-ish growing up. And so we are, we tend to be a little bit more self-aware, I think with it, but generally too, like I find myself doing it all the time. I'm like, wait, why was I, why was I, I was just literally doing that for a reaction or for, you know, whatever. And, um, it's kind of like a drug or like alcohol, like you, you want to be able to step back, no problem. And be like, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. and and not like because it is like it's like when you delete social media off your phone for a week which is super awesome if you can do it for longer cool um but you like reach for it and you start to notice how often you reach for it that you didn't even know you're reaching for it and so I am all for social media breaks I think they're so awesome and I think that people could that actually like put their mind to it and do it you come out of it realizing like how much more time you have to just appreciate like everything going on around. Have you, you ever seen the tip too to just like move your apps? So like you move your Instagram or something into like a little like I have mine like little files in themselves. Yeah. So instead of like when you're being mindless about it and you just like how quickly you click the app and start yeah. scrolling without even noticing, like now you notice because you're looking for it and you're like, wait, I, I don't even want to be doing this. I just want to like take a mental break. Yeah. Versus definitely- like a mindless scroll. That's one yeah. of my big. Um, I did that. And then I was realizing like the, just the note or the, um, the instinct for it. Yeah. The number of times I tried to look for it and just click in to do nothing. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, and I like what you said about, um, like kind of thinking more about every time you post and whether or not you're posting for yourself, you're posting for your audience, like what the meaning of it is. And I feel like that subconsciously I've kind of been doing that more. Obviously we we're not very good at stories on the darling girls yet. We're working on it, (laughs) but on my own, because I'm just, I feel like I'm so used to just posting like, Oh, I made a smoothie. I'm going to post it. And like half the time now lately, I've just been like, not like, I don't feel like doing it. 
so I'm not going to. Yeah. And I think too, like, I want to clarify, like, I don't think it's wrong to post for yourself. Yeah. Um, part of why I think I, I did really well was because I, I do like seeing the world, uh, you know, through a, a positive lens. I like to curate my own life and, and make things look great. And I don't think that's bad as long as it's a balanced perspective. Um, and I, I do think it's great to be able to document and have all of these memories and kind of have them cobbled together into a beautiful view and it's like scrapbooking, you know, but yeah. digital. I just think, you know, being self-aware with that. And, you know, if you do feel like you want to post a smoothie, that's great. And if it serves a purpose in your life, that's awesome. I definitely do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but, but then like the, t- the the times where you're like, it feels like a job where you're like, well, why yeah. am I, I don't even feel like doing that right now. Like, I'm just going to move on and not be like, I don't need to post everything. Yeah. I get really bad about like checking to see who watched it, which is so ridiculous. I'm like, like there's no reason to do this. It's just like an old habit. That I kept. It really um, is. Or like rewatching my own stories. That's like my dirty little secret. Like I will rewatch my own content. Everyone does that. There's no way that everyone doesn't do that. You look back and you're like, damn, I looked so good last night. I'm going to rewatch it. (laughs) Grace, Grace, um, literally like post something and I, I'll know that she's out like having a couple drinks because the next, cause I'll think it like that night I'll be like, she's not going to like that tomorrow. And then the next day she'll be like, Oh my God, did you see what I posted on my story? <laughs> I That's the first thing I wake up. I have like one eye open. I'm like, what did I post last night? Like, stop, <laughs> stop. Take my phone away when I've had two martinis. That's amazing. They're all, it's always the cheersing boomerang. <laughs> I, every you time. Know- and then every time my tags for everyone in it gets like crooked and like each one is a different size. Like are you okay? Someone needs to message me like, are you doing okay? You need to That's, go home. The healthy boundaries with social always comes in handy. Yeah, literally. literally. Um, so, so my, I have a, wait, I have a question that kind of bounces off that one. I don't know if you were about to say this too, Jenny. Probably. But so you obviously, you say that you have healthy boundaries with social media, which is already shocking because you, your whole entire job is social media. But do you feel like it's even harder for you specifically because like when you're on like your work accounts and stuff, you're, you're pretty much like directly also. So like you're, you're on social media. So even if it's not your own personal account, don't you feel like you're still consuming content just by default all day? Yes. So, um, and that was a really big problem in my old job. Um, I was running so many different accounts on so many different platforms and it was actually surprising because I had two phones. <laughs> I couldn't fit all of the Instagram accounts I ran on a single phone. So I had to have two of them to like, cause you max out at 10 accounts on Instagram or I finesse 10. I think you typically can max out at six, but if you like work the system, you can get 10. Um, That's wild. Even with all that, I realized whenever I wanted to mindlessly consume, I could do it on any of those accounts. And I would during the day to like up engagement and do all those things but I still wanted to just look at my own feed because it was curated to what I wanted to see. And I would justify all this time that I spent on social as like after work, I just need to keep up the trends and see what's going on. And that for sure was like a big part of the job was knowing, you know, what we should be doing next and, and what people are consuming from a consumer perspective, not necessarily from another business account, but at the same time, six hours a day if that was not necessary. Um, and so I, I definitely had to put up some of, some of my own guardrails with just my own personal time 
and understand that like, okay, this three hours is not actually research. It's because you wanted to watch TikToks all day and not feel bad about yourself um, for wasting time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really think that those like time limits are really important and also having other hobbies. I've really been able to prioritize my time based on like, what could I be doing with this hour um, and trying to, to kind of schedule that out so that it's a better use of it, if that makes sense. It does. And that also makes me want to ask, do you time block your days? It sounds like you might. I task block it off. So I do my list, even if I don't have a specified time, but there was one point where I was like tracking my time by the minute. Um, Wow. For work, not for, not for like, just because I wanted to. Um, And that was also really eye-opening to see like how much time I was spending on each thing and how long things were taking as opposed to how long that I think they should have taken. Um, And I think a part of that is just like having a brain if you're never focusing on one thing completely and you're always trying to multitask, which I think social media gets us really used, used to this idea of multitasking. And if something's not serving you, you can immediately click out and log into a different app to like get your fix. It's really hard to get things done in, you know, an efficient manner. And so I realized like once I stopped with social, being able to focus in on one thing has been so much easier. So can you give us some tips on having slash curating, making a feed that doesn't make you feel like envious or anxious or bad about yourself. Absolutely. We're talking about like the newsfeed, right? Yeah. 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 So I have maybe an unpopular opinion on this, but I think it's totally okay to unfollow accounts or mute them. If you're not ready to unfollow, I think it's totally that. Uh, mute button is my favorite thing ever well and this is like this is really exposing myself but like I mentioned before I do have some imposter syndrome um and there are people in my life that I know personally we're not like super close but like I know them and it's nothing that they do or it's nothing that they really post for that matter but for whatever reason like it's my own insecurities that every time I see content or every time I see something that reminds me of like this failure in myself or this insecurity that I have, like it affects me. And it kind of, I feel like we have all of these little micro doses of things that get sent our way in our feeds that over time, like build up. And so I just like unfollow and you, and hopefully people don't take it personally, but it's not about them. It's about me, you know? Um, and so I'm okay with that. I, I think it's fine. I think it's more important the relationships you keep in real life. So unfollow people and things and places, even, you know, if they have accounts that are negatively associated in your mind, um, take it out. Um, and then do follow things that cater to more of your interests that slash things that are important to you. Like for me, something that always is positive content. I love art and I love art museums that post their little bits of art history. I feel like I'm learning something. I feel I, I'm inspired by them. Um, and so for a while there, my feed, I tailored it to just show me art museums, baby cows, which also make me really happy. Um, <laughs> yes. Sunset beach pictures. Cause I was really going through it at the time and it was great. I had a wonderful feed. It was inspiring. It was lovely. It was cute. Um, and then I added back things that, you know, I, you know, more of the normal stuff that you would see, but if you need a break, like you can turn it off. You are completely in charge of 
what you're getting uh, shown, at least on your tab. You're never going to be able to tailor that explore page exactly to your liking. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of curate that feed to be the kind of content that you want to see um, that feeds your interests, that is educational to some extent, if that's what you're looking for. Or you can follow accounts that are a little bit more aspirational and have all those things that you want to have in life. But as soon as that becomes unhealthy, just unfollow them. Uh, it's really very simple. Um, another thing that I really encourage too is like you can, you know, those suggested things that Instagram wants to show you if you don't like it. Oh just, yeah. I hate those. Yeah. Top three corner or the top three dots in the corner say that it's not helpful. Um, and then if it gets really bad, like don't, don't look at the feed for a while, you know, take it off. Um, I feel like we forget that we have a lot of agency in the way that we interact with these apps and with who we're following. Um, and you can completely tailor it that to what you need at the moment, even if it's like, my gosh, I need to stop following this relative of mine, or I need to stop following someone that I knew five years ago, but don't really talk to or an acquaintance that uh, I feel like I should follow them because it's polite. Like you don't really have to, you just have to be kind in person and you have to be like kind with your life and you can curate your digital space, however you need it to be to protect your mental health and, you know, move forward from there. I love that. I literally unfollow people all the time. And sometimes when I'm around my younger siblings, they're like, they don't understand. Like my my sister follows people that were in my grades friend. I'm like, how on earth do you follow all these people? I don't care at all. And it's not even that I don't care. It's just, I have other things that I like to look at and stuff. And I think she forgets she's allowed to like unfollow people. Oh my gosh. I, another fun fact, like I know people unfollow me because my content's not the same as what they, you know, it was when they started, I've lost like 10,000 followers and I'm okay with that. Like, I feel like that also needs to be said. Um, because I feel like that's another thing that's like, oh my God, I need to have more followers and I need to like mm-hmm. have better stats and I need people to engage with my posts more. Like it really, you can have more, you can have less. It doesn't really change your fundamental experience of being a human. And I feel like we forget about that. And it really also doesn't change your professional trajectory unless you are trying to be some mega influencer and get big brand deals. But a lot of brands are even working with those anymore because that big audience isn't as like connected. Um, so I feel like, you know, be okay with that. I'm okay with people unfollowing me if my content's not serving them. It wasn't serving myself for a while either, you know? Um, so I don't blame them. And, you know, I, th- I think, I think that's going to be a really big trend that we see are people kind of taking back their own experiences with the, within the app, um, projecting more, hopefully genuine. There's always going to be some performance associated with how we interact and post on, on social, but I think people are going to start kind of doing more of a strip back real, um, type feed and also the way that they post and the way they engage. I feel like where was the movement? Like not that long ago, everyone was like, make Instagram casual again. Yes. And I loved that. I was like, I even, I was talking to somebody today that, oh, it was, um, my sweet little intern that just started working for me. And she was like, I feel, she goes, don't you feel anxiety every time you post? And I was like, not anymore, but I feel like I have felt like that in the past. Like there's always an extent of, you know, an extra thought like of the caption or like the edit or the picture, but she's literally like fully, I just would rather not post because it brings so much anxiety about what I'm posting. And I was like, oh my goodness. 
that so used to be me too. Like I used to watch the stats religiously almost, um, watch the like likes. It, it wasn't even that I, I knew not to care in my mind, but there literally is like a chemical reaction that happens in your brain when you get more attention, you get that visual metric of how many people care. Like that's, that's really what it is. Um, and you can tell a difference when you don't have that. And when engagement dropped or like when my post started changing and I wasn't doing like the whole influencer thing anymore, that was like a little weird period of life. Um, and I was kind of ashamed at how affected I felt by it just because I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm literally irrelevant. Like the numbers say it, like the poster saying it, the followers dropping off or saying it. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, in real life, I'm more fulfilled than I've ever been. So it's kind of okay. You know, if, if Instagram is different and I don't know, I've, I've finally gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, talking about that and like, okay, admitting that it affected me. Cause I always wanted to be like, have health and wellness in your life. And like social media doesn't matter, but like it did, you know? Yeah. Um, but hopefully, hopefully more of the next generation, I think will will understand that it's, it, it, it's, it's literally, it doesn't, it's just social media, but it's so, it's honestly so mature of you and self-aware to even say that, like, I'm admitting that that affected me because most people probably wouldn't even admit that. And even in like a small, small way, like I remember like when I was in college, I used to get so many more likes because my friends had thousands and thousands of followers. And now you're like, oh, you like, you notice you're like, oh, wow. Back in the kid, back in the day, I was cool. And now I'm not, but in real life, you're like, I don't, you know, like that's just everyone so I've ever known has more Instagram followers than me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my dad does, but you know what? He doesn't, but you know what? I was going to say no way. <laughs> he has like 20. Um, <laughs> no, but like it used to affect me too. Cause my sister had always had more and most of my friends always had more. And in college I didn't really go out or meet that many people and I wasn't in a sorority. So I did not get that crazy amount that like people usually did and it in it I always said like I didn't care but like always kind of was like oh like is there something wrong with me but really I just had my account on private and I didn't let random people follow me sometimes so I don't know it just I had to like remind myself that I was in control of it like I could have a public account if I wanted to Mm -hmm. but I didn't at the time and I that's totally cool like I, I, I still keep my account, like, because it is kind of an asset to some extent. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not anymore, but like, it is kind of a talking point. If you want to work in social, it's like, if you don't have a body of work yet. And at the time I didn't have as much of a body of work. And so I was like, I got to keep this count. I got to keep it running. I got to keep active. Definitely keep it. It's so cool. I mean, I don't know like there's probably going to be a day when I like completely delete it, hopefully because my work stands alone and not because I need this to back it up, you know, that yeah. I know what I'm, t- what I'm doing. Um, but I really got more comfortable with just the stats and the, the metrics working for brands, because I saw when you've got a business you're, you're running, the purpose of social is so different. It's very clear. You know, you're trying to make sales, you're trying to get more people to the website you're trying to like get conversion there's all of these numbers that you need to hit and like business owners don't care how many followers they have it doesn't actually do anything and translate to value um and so then it's like okay literally followers are irrelevant 
you can have less followers and have a healthier business because of the way that you are engaging with that audience, as opposed to just having a really popular Instagram audience, but then not actually making money off of it the way that you intended with your business strategy. So I, that kind of changed my perspective. And I also saw the the trends on the app more objectively. Um, and so suddenly I was like dissociating my own personal identity and perspective with social a lot more, um, which I think is also helpful. So running your personal account, if you want to do influencing and you want to kind of break into that space, running your account with a, a clearer purpose for how you're trying to interact and engage with people and making that experience about like, what, what can I contribute to this space versus how will people receive me? Uh, you know, yeah. I think that. I liked that. I think oh, that's I really like important because there's a lot of people our age who are starting businesses and like even us, like I, it's good for us to remember that like, it's not, it doesn't matter how many people are following us as long as like we are contributing something. If even one person listens. Yes. Cool. And Great. That actually like it's more valuable and like I've negotiated influencer deals, both like with my job and also freelance for other people. And I've also been on the receiving end too. And it's like, if you want to work with a brand, like they truly don't care as much about how many followers you have as they do about like how many people are commenting and engaging in conversation with you. Like how, what's the quality of your content? Like, like how are you developing assets that we could reuse that matches our brand or our goals too? Like there are a lot of ways to break into social media work if you're really interested in the field um, without feeling like you have to like prove yourself with your personal profile and sell your life. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I like that. I think that's really good for, for younger people to listen. Okay. So with that, I wanted to kind of talk about how can our listeners up their social media game this year? kind of wanted you to just talk about like maybe some trends that you're seeing right now that you're like selfishly I need to know I so one thing I'm really excited about we kind of touched on it earlier was just that return of authenticity I like used to complain to my friends like I wish I could just be in the Instagram where we could post our lattes and our books we were reading and that would be enough and I could just post coffees all day and that would be great Um, but I do think like, I like that trend right now that's going around like the photo dump from your camera roll, just like all the little moments that make your every day. Um, that's again, like a double-edged sword because part of it is like make Instagram casual again and it's wonderful, but like, we're still curating. So to such a like minute level that how casual is it? But I, I think it's fun. Um, I also think that a lot of people are kind of ditching, the overly processed, like super filtered look. Um, I like that from a photography perspective. Um, I, I just think it's, it's probably gonna be healthier for more generations. And I, I also think that we are getting more comfortable with really understanding what social media is. Um, and so that's going to translate to more of like both messaging and visual assets and design. Um, other trends also like video is dominating. And I still like haven't completely figured out how to like leverage videos as much as I'd like to, if I were going to continue working primarily in social. Um, Also, I I feel like people are relying a little bit more on more like targeted messaging. Um, So if you're like looking to, you know, say a Darling Girls podcast, I think 
keeping it all podcast centric. Um, if you're looking to up your personal social pr- profile for an intended person purpose, like for me, I'd like to keep my own around because I want to like expand my writing and I want to like kind of make that more of my professional world versus like fashion and beauty. And so I'm trying to like target my messaging, both like visually and also what I'm talking about and content wise towards writing. Um, and then also I think people experiment, experimenting with, um, nostalgia is like returning like nineties or so in and like fashion and design. Um, I've really been loving like film camera and I've been loving like film shots and like using that for digital, I think is a really cool combination of like old and new. And so I think we'll see more and more of like retro design coming back. Um, trend life cycles are also shortening. So like, I don't know how long the nineties are going to stay. I mean, it's kind of already, we're on the the Y2K. Um, but you know, I I feel like we're just going to continue to see people kind of blending old and new and, and the, the mechanical kind of world with like the super digital world. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about your writing. What do you like to write about? Yeah. Um, so I right now haven't, I'm like, so I should clarify, I do have a new role where I am going to be writing more. Um, so it's a little bit more of like a long form content role versus social, but it's more B2B social whenever I am doing that. So I'm really excited to like have this new experience within social media and still do what I love. But then also, like I said, like kind of have some more of those healthy boundaries and more of a targeted plan with my career. And, uh, and just the way that I'm interacting with social is going to be a little bit different versus a consumer focused brand where you're constantly trying to like jump on trends. That's another, you know, kind of way that you can still have a healthy relationship professionally with social and not have to like entrench your daily life in it at every hour of the day. Um, so right now for work, I'm writing a lot of like financial content and like analyzing new legislation and new policies and new loan programs and how that applies to banking and uh, small business owners, which is kind of, you know, it's cool. I actually really like it. And um, personally, I actually started my senior thesis project at USC um, was a collection of essays and short stories that I called the illuminated self, the projections and perceptions of self in the digital age, which really touched on my experiences as like a niche, like social media influencer that had, you know, you know, a lot of that was very looks and visually driven. And so that touched on like body image and just like the way that I was being perceived and the way that I was like presenting myself to the world. Um, And also like I blended in pop culture and was writing like some surrealist, like through the surrealist lens. Um, and so I'm kind of continuing that as more of an essay collection. I'm really excited about that. And then also working on some other like short stories and stuff. And Fun. yeah, that's kind of like all over the place, but. Fun. I love that so much. Um, I love reading. So if you ever need anybody to read your stuff, let me know. Thanks. I actually like, will totally take you up on that. I loved your books episode last week. Good. Yeah. Have you read, have you read, I'm sure you've read most of those. I've read a lot of them and I love them and I did add some more to my list. So. Okay, good, good. Yeah. That's, I feel like you, you find your book people and you're like, mm, you like these specific books. All right. I'll take, I'll take recommendations from you. It's a weird obsession. Oh my gosh. I have a good, I have a great book to recommend at the end of this episode though. Um, what is it? it to us. Called Cultish. 
the language of cults and it's like a linguistic study of why people get so wrapped into things and it does have a whole chapter on like social media influencers and multi-level marketing schemes totally think it ties into this episode um also helps you be like a, a healthier consumer whenever you're on social to like really understand what's rhetoric versus what's real love the writer she's amazing and I just finished this book this year and it, it's amazing oh that's I love that I have to read that wait what was it coltage cultish okay. c-u-i-s-h coltish okay got it, that down, Grace. it. <laughs> writing it got it it's super um, fun I love that so well first of all I love you. You're so beautiful and amazing and smart. <laughs> um, and I'm so happy that I met you this year. It was one of the highlights of my year. And um, honestly, you're so cool. Thank you for coming on, darling girls. It was so nice to meet you, Kaylee slash Ginny always says K dot. So it always wants to say K dot. But you know what? I love it. It's so great to meet you as well. Thanks so much for having me. Honestly, everyone, go follow K dot Lee on instagram it's k dot lee graham and um k period right like <laughs> k period okay. yeah yeah yep um go follow her and she's so cute and i love your content so keep posting please thank you it's gonna get weirder so just like buckle up here we're we go excited. we're ready and um <laughs> we're gonna keep coming to you for tips because we need them absolutely happy to help Thank you for listening to the Darling Girls podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, you can keep up with us on Instagram at Darling Girls Pod. See you next time.